Hello, 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 and welcome back to Black Ocas Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Foundation. This is season one, episode eight, The Missing Piece. Little behind, had a lot going on, but we are finally here to discuss this episode, which was a really good one. I gave this a 9.8 out of 10. We successfully incorporated all of the story arcs, and I think that is the the trend of the last episode that really makes it work for me it just makes me less impatient to get to other things if you're giving me a little bit of everything this episode was written by sarah nolan directed by roxanne dawson like seeing ladies in the writers and directors seat we start this episode on anacreon a flashback where children play it's farah and her brother very blissfully unaware of the horror one man unleashes on their planet in an act of pettiness people are really saying in the youtube comments and that's my fault because it's youtube (laughs) sometimes yes you can find really sane people but sometimes you don't but they're like yeah empire's not a bad dude i don't get it i feel bad for him And I swear, this is why cult leaders continue to be a threat to society. Because just because a person is a human being that you can empathize with, doesn't make them any less a monster. Do you think Stalin went home and beat his children? No, they thought he was the idyllic dad. You know that guy Goebbels who basically orchestrated the whole mass execution of all of the Jews? yeah one woman and the three children didn't blame him because he was the idyllic father but the other two said fuck this i'm getting sterilized because people like my father shouldn't exist doesn't matter what he did in the home he's still (laughs) the person that he is now i will bring up some other reference points of how i pity the man but The way in which people twist themselves in the pretzels to justify villains is a sad reality that thank the dust I don't live in. Farrah watched her beloved brother being incinerated and explains to Warden that children died and became warriors that day. She has outlived how long she should have by three decades and takes this as a sign her revenge is ordained. And now she has been given the Evictus as yet another gift, a sign of her destiny. Everyone is pretty religious in their own personal quests of purpose based upon nature and nurture in this show. So I like the fact that the connective tissue, it weaves very much through every story arc. As suspected, this was not a thought out plan, but an opportunity and while Salver can appreciate the sentiment, look how Empire reacted to a few sinning against it. He annihilated their world, and even we know that they weren't even guilty. So, if she attacks Trantor, he'll annihilate the entire Outer Planets. Like, we all gonna suffer for your revenge? You think you're the only person that wants revenge because someone is dead? based on someone else's actions but then i thought how could he get revenge if he's dead if you attack trancer and you destroy the empire (laughs) but i'm sure they're like yeah we have escape pods that can be ready to go in 8.2 seconds farah said she does not care one bit about those lives being lost You are going to navigate the ship, Salvor, or help me navigate the jump because fuck mankind, I will kill every person on Terminus because my voice or roar will be heard across the Empire. Showing Farrah's scary, scarred side of her face is very effective, making you hate her more. She knows Warden wants to rebel and is literally trying to put her father's death on her door instead of rightly on Farrah's door telling her i'm gonna kill your mama first why are you so rude ma'am i mean i know why you're so rude (laughs) why am i even saying that (laughs) 
and i suppose i should be feeling more for the character but from the moment we have met her i think unlike say rowan i think she pegs her perfectly there's nothing but darkness in you there's no reaching you you are just completely consumed by your your anger that you can't be compromised with but i think rowan might be back to holy shit i have superpowers gail and fuck i didn't account for this shit conscious harry or the consciousness of harry he asked how long she's had this ability and smacked me stupid when she said all my life because i swore that it was recent all my predictions are wrong the dream of waves crashing over her which we've seen previously and drowning her world haunted her like a lifelong premonition to her present circumstances her escape into math to predict the outcomes only pushed her further into destiny that word again harry believes she has an intuitive processing ability which is extraordinary as gail remarks that i passed braxis because i worked my ass off for it so don't try to take that away from me i was right with her i was kind of doing in vogue mm-hmm, that's right harry isn't concerned about the ship since it's going into a super hot nova zone but gail's pre-science ability is very concerning to him seeing as it could eschew psychohistory look what happened to you and race you're here he's not that really hurt my feelings realizing that completely came out wrong and another person trying to blame someone else's death on someone that's not responsible uh if he knew he claims he didn't then he would have kept her in the dark or if he knew about her ability i say he claims he didn't know about it because i just never know with harry i never know he has that very dark enigmatic i think he didn't know though i think he was genuinely thrown like oh shit no wonder but he did say or she did that the calculations were missing a puzzle piece and maybe she is the missing piece and maybe that's what the conclusion he came to at the end of it like how do i fit this into wait i don't have to she's gonna it's gonna fit itself or if anyone can fit the missing piece it would be her i just think that the episode title and her choosing this 138 year journey after we find out about this second foundation um which is what they talk about next i feel like that's all adding up to something because he doesn't want to tell her what's up on helicon but he does give her a little bit that it's a sister foundation that she had already suppositioned just as important as the one on terminus to be conducted in secret on his home planet back to where the evictus is hugo is alive i'm not surprised motherfuckers i thought we all called this but there are some people that was like damn i didn't think about that i was like really because i felt like they was pretty much throwing up neon signs <laughs> what i didn't know that his real name is uh Sianon adan and he sounds sexy as hell talking thespian i bet you he'd be talking thespian in bed there is a line from from salvor where he's like hugo must have made it or something to that effect so apparently she did know and that's the reason why she didn't have any tears i thought he was doing it to protect her but apparently this was the plan i'm not sure if they really communicated that very well but that's a small nitpick that they had that understanding because she was reaching for him like she was truly devastated <laughs> just shows she's a good actor actress he calls for backup to check out what the anacreans are up to makes more sense than retrieving a dead body i will say i felt like that was just something thrown in there that i should have a payoff on but apparently not let's go back to maiden where some infuriating things happened <laughs> oh i'm so annoyed i loved halima i don't even understand 
Cleon removes his nanobites, so at least he suffered. But considering he's in peak physical health, I will say I appreciated all of the half new shots of lead pace. Like, that's high class quality porn right there. Yeah, you got that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum, that yummy, yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum. Then he speaks in acts and he reminds me of every oppressor I've ever encountered. The way in which he dismisses Demerzel's faith as a joke, I'm surprised people don't dream about hamburgers, despite actually wanting to understand and get the vision is a reactionary response when he's insecure and reduces himself to a petty jealous child by requesting her bracelet knowing she can't refuse ripping it as if to physically assault her like a slap on the face by destroying something so delicate that i keep and cherish and taking her salt saying it'll be as if she is with him as she has always been this whole knowing your place and there shall be no god above me is exactly his message here and it's frighteningly cruel <laughs> for the ones that are somehow still on the fence about said actions because politically yes he needed to make a move but he also was doing it in an arena in which yes there was political maneuvering but against an opponent that actually wasn't there for political reasons as someone tried to convince me halima was power hungry really where did you what was she black and you tuned out everything she said henceforth moving on because <laughs> i don't like when racist people jump in my dms and they think they can couch the racism in things that clearly indicate you have not been paying any attention and the only thing i can say is is she a woman or is she black and considering the rest of your posts it's very easy to pinpoint which one it is um so in, in a certain manner i'm not blaming him for playing the game but the way in which he acted he conducted himself there's a reason why showboating is not allowed in sports and you're heavily fined for it even the people that do furthermore it also can lead to your ass being knocked the fuck out because all someone needs is one shot but that's neither here nor there with this uh analogy thing that i'm trying to put together <laughs> but yeah i mean he decided to indulge based on his own ego and i'll continue to point that out as the episode continues on but this is the beginning of it right she has very little choice in her actions we later find out so when she is commanded that is basically like snapping your fingers at a dog and saying sit right if you love your dog and you treat them right that's great but if you go make your dog attack the neighbors and that's what you're using your command to do you're not a good pet owner <laughs> the whole sexual oedipus like shit happening as well you can see how someone with rational eyeballs like halima can see the abomination and the vicious unhealthy cycle that should be stopped while simultaneously knowing he was born into said cycle um is where you pity the empire because he doesn't have as much choice as he would love to believe that he does but how he chooses to live his life he does have those choice the choice of his persona even if it's not well i i go back and forth with that because if you have to be like this but i also don't subscribe to that because if he right now said i'm going off planet and that's out of league with what the other cleons have done and he's able to do it 
and there doesn't seem to be a consequence or a replacement for that where does that autonomy begin and end and the fact that he was able to do what he wanted to do tells me that he has more choice than even how dawn was explaining like oh if i'm this way or that i have to be the perfect copy but clearly the copies are deviating trying to find their own in individuality how often has it been done how often has it sadly led back to the same conclusion coming back to the same persona which would once again validate what halima was saying which is that this cycle have been created through the ego of one man you are the reverberations of that ego and thus there is a in inherent cruelty to continuing said cycle and then on top of that there's a personified inherent cruelty kind of back to the last uh second episode third episode when he was a child and he says do we always make this choice um or something to that effect and she says you always make this one like you're always going to slip back no matter what happens you are always going to fall back into the folly of the man that you were and are which is unnatural and yes stagnated and what is going to crumble the empire <laughs> and while i am going to get some uh i think what's the word i want to use i'll feel better seeing because i can't think right now um him get his comeuppance to some extent however i wanted it to be at a worthy opponent and not on his own self demons which that might be more poetically beautiful to other people but i'm a simple bitch <laughs> i don't think that uh the supreme white leader should get one up should have the last laugh on a sister it's just that's just me and my personal bias she explains the rules too demerzel if you fall on one knee you can help people out but falling on two means submission of death or you can assist someone to crawl off the path he does meet a friend along the way who tells him to pace himself when he tries to stride through it he's trying to ignore everyone else's suffering he starts off fully clothed and then those clothes come off and i forgot that he was cleon the horrible <laughs> uh i didn't catch this character's name which is sad but he says to let the goddess guide you and he gets a glimpse of what visions look like all for the faux one he meant to present to court he had asked several times like does anyone talk about their visions and people were very hesitant to say anything like he tried to get it from Demerzel. he was trying to hijack everything from her but she refused by saying it's very personal and then he mentions the salt and that's where he got the idea of the salt swirling around him to tell the court later on this man worked in a place that was so polluted he couldn't or his parents couldn't see each other uh, it's the only place you can make this particular material insignificant type of thing for the empire's pleasure he is impressed that empire is making the same journey uh, it's almost as if they've become equal in a world through religion that's pretty much <laughs> a part of why most leaders needed to be closely associated with the religion because you know you can't control the afterlife and hope he values it now i don't think it was implicit that he recognized him as empire and he wasn't judging him but there were some pointed statements that gave me the impression that he did harry continues to explain to gail the second foundation must be kept secret from her and from the first she tells him she won't go if he isn't honest which he scoffs at like stop acting like a child who's emotionally having a moment refusing to unlock the door for her to simply drift off in space somewhere else 
Cleon's journey is rough. He does end up falling to one knee. And it's the man that helps him out that he's been chatting up with. On Evictus. Lewis tells everyone there's 29 minutes to the next jump. Salvar gets Rowan alone to try to talk to him. And, and uh, infuse him with some sense. As she knows, Farrah's plan will end in all Anacreans dying. Like, at least y'all still having babies being born. If you do this, then the Empire is going to make it his goal to annihilate your whole entire race. And that there has to be another way. Reading that he has a daughter and also has doubts. It's like, how can you do this, you witch? <laughs> She's like, didn't Farrah tell you? I'm special. The ship takes the life of another scientist. And I'm thinking, shit, Farrah, you should have brought more cannon fodder instead of the people she needs or just the people she needs. I get you didn't know what you were going into, but that's why you also bring red shirts. And why you shouldn't have shot the one guy. He might have been additionally useful. Salvar deduces the ship had a mutiny when the camera shows the dead bodies guarding the bridge. Salvar is used as bait so that Farrah can take out the gun. And if she misses, she dies. I love the physicality of Salvar. She quickly handles business. But did Farrah really take out that gun with an arrow? Because that arrow better have something metal about it. She tells her, you do luck, I do skill. You shot an arrow while everyone else did the hard work. I'm not sure I would be dusting my shoulder off. Salver has to change another barrier, but seeing a weapon at her feet, once the door is open, uses it to surprise the other two firing at the enemy. She grabs Lewis onto the bridge ahead of Farah, and now both sides only have two people. Is it me, or is it natural for a ship to repair itself, or heal itself? What the hell happened on this ship? That's a story that's being told? And I feel like the people on the ship should be a little bit more wary. Well, at least Salver seems to be. Because on the bridge, they see the captain killed herself. And Exo is written in blood. It could be executive officer or from outside the galaxy. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Get ready for this. Oh, shit. 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 This guy really expands real quick. I'm like, there's aliens up in this bitch? <laughs> I don't know. But I think we're going to find out. 20 minutes and it's going to jump again. The previous crew didn't have spacers, but did sedate themselves. And Lewis figures out the lights are an indication to get into your crater, cradles. And I was like, ooh, I'm following what he's saying because I watched Star Trek. The new one, Star Trek Discovery. About folding space is as much intuition as science. And just like the way they use the tardigrade. And uh, that one boy afterwards forgot his name. Sorry, I'm spacing. To jump, that's exactly how they use the navigator. For the Invictus ship before they decided to do spacers. Except everyone did it and thus died. Since uh, you're not able to survive that thing being hijacked into your... Or all of those things just being hijacked to your live mind. Yes, you can think it and it will come, but you will also die. Sauber thinks this is her time to shine, as this is the sacrifice she's been living her entire life to complete as the outlier. You can see that Terminus, or not Terminus, Lewis was very um, sheepish. When he realized that that's what he put on her for all of her years of living. She plans to take the ship to Terminus. And I was like, ooh, that's some assured destruction type shit. Like if Terminus can have that and be like, don't fuck with us over here. Like that is something, mm, that's a good idea. If Salver could get this ship, she can effectively broker peace between the Anacreans and the thespians and try to recreate their world out in the outer reach but the the compromise is that the empire can never fuck with them because we got something that will fuck with you 
I'm not sure how that would play out though. I would really Empire with his massive cojones really so uh you know bend to this impossibility or would he try to take the ship back on terminus the vault snow field is expanding salver's mom tries to tell the dude we gotta let down the field this ain't a play don't give a fuck about you don't give a fuck about me it will fuck us all up on maiden day's companion falls to a knee and seeing empire return the favor this is my interpretation of events by the way like a man seeing a man like someone who i've always probably in some way like that man in the sky that's always that that's not like me is basically capable of empathy i think that's his last calling uh, of his life because it felt like he was testing him in that moment will he return the favor and the moment he turned around even though he was suffering to help this other man out i think that was like a positive sign for him and he refuses all aid content to die as he can't think of a better way to do so of course day is like what are you talking about man there's no afterlife what if there's nothing behind this what if this is the only life he lays down and he says you know hopefully we will see each other again they believe this rebirth but also on a, a sadder note and, and what people use religion for is that they can't comprehend that this death this peaceful death on a spiritual journey is because he's never had to suffer a day in his life so while it may seem unreasonable to him that you would want to escape so bad that you find religion as your only escapism and that the promise of a new beginning is so luring that you're willing to die to attain it tells you something about the suffering of the the living with something halima tests uh, touches on you know don't give a, just because there's going to be a next life doesn't mean you should toss aside the things in this life you know value don't give away all your happiness and maybe that's what some people are doing but then i mean it kind of ties into that but i think also that idea of there is no future for me and if this is the closest i can feel to peace then i'd rather die here than have to go back to a life of suffering uh, or a life where I, I can't attain that where or where you know my send-off will be worse and we don't know like when he's talking about the pollution on his planet how it blends in with the fog you know thinking about just the dust bowls uh in america how the lungs fill up i mean all that poison that they're putting on the next generation and the deformities i mean that's uh pretty fucked up <laughs> can't imagine living on that planet and you don't see day even copy not i keep saying the same words uh he has no reference for that so he he can't pull from knowledge to get why this guy would want to and someone he connected with someone he truly just saw as a person on the same journey that he is for the very first time alone he makes his way to the cave into the womb and conjures a conjures a vision reminiscent of the one he was told about with the elements of the flower they saw on Demerzel's dresser all concocted and told to the council of women that believe this confirms his reign is not against their religion and thus he wins staring right at zephyr halima knowing what we know this act of humility even thanking her for sending him on said journey that he felt was baseless because he didn't have a vision but not because he didn't want one <laughs> and the cruelty he extracts from both women the vengeance made me want to slit his throat through the television especially when he's he you know she bows with the religion and he puts up his two fingers 
to rub in her face that empire trumps religion now i'm not the most i think some people they get caught up in their own personal feelings of religion and thus can paintbrush i don't like to do that because while i'm not a religious person i don't care what you believe in just because i can point out the hypocrisies doesn't mean that if you are living your life and this thing that you call religion is doing nothing but positive and good who am i to tell you (laughs) not to believe in it If, if that's what you want to put your moral compass around and you're actually living into said moral compass then shit you know at least you're doing more than some people who don't have a moral compass just turn into cynics and just want to bitch on their their uh, high horse so i i'm all about do no harm if no harm is done i listened to bald move and they had uh, made a comment like i wouldn't want i think it was aaron he said something like i don't think a, a religious war would be you know better than what circumstances are now and my first reaction is that's because you're thinking of every religious war that we've ever fought which is more about power than it is about true belief (laughs) i mean yes people have stated and killed in the name of religion but the people that's commanding those forces that are, are you know people didn't just get up and go and decide they wanted to be in the holy crusades a lot of farmers and shit were just taken they were co-opted into doing what they had to do so of course that well yeah fuck i'm already here i might as well be committed to this <laughs> but it's not as if their number one choice was your god is not my god so let's go over there and kill you there was some of that i'm sure but the pope all that bullshit catholic church most of it was about property taxes money power wasn't about religion that was just what they said it it was about (laughs) so if there was a holy war headed say by halima and her only desire is to stop this cycle not hey empire you shouldn't exist not let's elect someone right (laughs) again the empire has lasted yes maybe cleons have been over it over how many something hundred years and it's been stable and good sure but it also had a longer history until you you just wanted it to hit its peak or the original cleon wanted it to peak at his death and his (laughs) and his uh divine right to rule forever through these clones he tried to cheat it so i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't compare the two is all i'm saying uh if that had been the case because we don't know how living under the empire is for everybody else just because it seems peaceful and stable doesn't mean people are happy living in a consistent amount of fear if you don't do it you know you don't cook the fucking duck properly and you're going to be murdered for it or i read a book on harry selden being a painter of your mirio and you just end my life someone like that i don't think that he runs an empire of jovility <laughs> i'm pretty sure there might be others that kind of agree that maybe this world in which we are living under this this boot this new god maybe isn't the the most efficient god we we have to us you know maybe there needs to be a change and i do feel times they are a changing um gail forces harry's hand putting her survival at risk by taking out the cooling system it's like you have to tell me you have to let me go free gail is constantly wet she makes me want to shower for her she is heartbroken she believes she wasn't needed and that race and harry intended to leave her behind on terminus realizing that they have kind of used her and abused her to a certain extent she also mentions ai may survive what may come that's curious uh harry 
at first refuses to compromise but then tells her that you know you can go or at least he opens the door she does take the knife Raisha's knife and decides to head back to Synax which will take 138 years which explains why she heard the stories and never knew about uh, all these people because by the time she woke up everything has already happened that's a good way to end her story what is going to happen is she going to make the second foundation on Synax instead a religious or a deeply religious you know she's kind of like the seer she has precognition of some kind or pre-science as he called it i'm not sure but i'm not going to speculate too hard because <laughs> once again my uh theories usually don't pan out i'm pretty still certain somewhere down the line because i know my roman history if nothing fucking else because i think all of these empires now that we're playing with the idea of them all being are all having this moment of crisis that we probably are going to continue to witness in different varying stage over the next thousand years there's going to be a mad king right there's got to be one that's going to be more uh oh god i hope we never get one that's uh <laughs> more like a augustus oh what's the one who used to or uh he was accused of diddling little boys having them swim underwater ew uh <laughs> claudius i know uh nero we gotta have a nero in there uh i guess they could have a julius caesar but i feel like that's already been that's where he started off as julius caesar and then i feel like it's just gonna you know it could divide itself though where there may be i don't know like a split in the empire because that also happened in roman history i don't think it's all going to come to a head in this season which i'm fine about since we have a season two <laughs> if we didn't have a season two i'd be more frustrated but it always assures me that i will get what i want which is basically answers and a, a good thoroughly well plotted out story arc when i'm i could be more patient when i know that it's going to be allowed to be towed with a smug smile uh day gives demerzel back her salt like fuck your religion it's supposed power i proved boss and now i want you to kill the woman who was no longer a threat because i hold that power and no other over you to demerzel poor halima the only one who saw through the bullshit of his story but assumed dem coached him while she doesn't give away that he lied she does or she doesn't deny the man cleon is not someone she fully supports in choice but by command she then admits that she walked the spiral eleven thousand years ago Holy her religion predates the empire now i don't know a lot of people in the comments be talking about these robot wars and asimov and i'm like yeah no i'm skipping all that i'm not gonna think too hard about what that means but i do know that when it comes to comparably who she's been serving longer religion wins and i don't know if uh cleon should have been so aggressively hostile towards it <laughs> um i don't know what that could mean but i know it should mean something and while she thinks cleon is right she has no soul halima disagrees knowing the only reason she told her about her true form was because that man sent her to kill her instead of outrage she forgives her alleviates her guilt telling her to remember her text and that she will be reborn and you have nothing to be ashamed of the man who would so cruelly test your faith and loyalty for his own ego is the soulless one i read a interview with tania miller where she says she doesn't believe that he doesn't have a soul and i'm with that i believe that everyone has a soul but 
whether or not that soul <laughs> is um black as tar or you know translucent is based on how one behaves in life and that's what i loved about halima religion my personal religion issues aside issues with religion aside she is a true believer and that's what makes it the more all the more you know a stain really because she didn't try to grasp power for power's sake on some pretense like her predecessor right <laughs> the one who was elected you know who so easily bribed she saw what clearly others could not and had the influence to be a compelling ruler and uh as i was stating earlier holy wars based in nobility or morally ethic dilemmas is not the same as holy wars based on dominance i wonder at least in my head canon because there was a close-up shot of her tucking away her bracelet because she said she was going to go back home she was going back to serve so i know someone was also using the argument well she could have still been a problem no she wasn't i think that was very clear in the show she could not have posed this again it's already been settled it's like your pope coming out and saying one thing you're not gonna come back at least not in the next hundred years with the with the same question being brought up again right so no she was going back to service um her community but he wanted her destroyed but he wanted her destroyed not just because she was an enemy it's because of all the things she made him feel and all the things she read him for filth <laughs> and he wanted mainly though Demrazel to know her place by his side there is no other above me they always say there's a thin line between love and hate i think whatever love she has for the empire in her heart and soul i mean you raising a baby you're gonna grow to love that baby you know you take care of them you coach them you nurture them through their whole entire life there probably is a love there but there is a a, a deep resentment and hatred as well so in my head canon i'm thinking that halima did one more fuck you to clean in cleon and somehow position that bracelet in the last minute <laughs> to show i was murdered but uh or maybe some lasting sign i don't know my daughter laughing like stewie griffin is cracking me up Farrah and rowan struggle to get in the, to the bridge as salva prepares herself to die to protect the foundation because they have to try Lewis apologizes for not seeing the specialness of Salver sooner, seeing how much she cares about her people. He takes a bullet, however, and through another fight while Rowan is shooting at the thespians that show up to help. Unfortunately, the ship jumps. I don't know how this is working because they were not sedated. Maybe Salver was. I don't know. I might have missed that part, but I'm pretty sure she wasn't. They made a whole fuss about the slipping through time, how the brain can't deal with it. So, I mean, you had the one dude, he was in the cradle, at least Rowan. So maybe they can, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with this. But Lewis was definitely dying and I bet his ass was motivated to be more than just an annoyance at the twilight hour and got his ass in that couch and jump them now was he able to get them to terminus i would guess he would all he has to do is think about his family dying and that would definitely get you home so i'm gonna guess that they're gonna jump to terminus next episode because i can't possibly see them jumping anywhere else in some weird capacity and this that's another piece of the the huge chunk of the show just gone somewhere 
wherever in time that doesn't seem as plausible as a dying man <laughs> using his dying breath to jump into the i mean he was literally right there next to it uh pharaoh was distracted homeboy was distracted rowan my question did the thespians jump with them since they were in the jumping field because i didn't see them anywhere around and then where did hugo go did he go back to terminus is he like shit my girl every episode is either you dying or me cleon the bastard is eating having easily recovered from his ordeal and demerzel comes in to say it's done wonders why he had to stoop to the level that he did he uh, pretty much as i've stated asserts what i've already been saying demerzel does hurt him like no one could with haunting words basically like yeah i know you stole my vision or at least the essence of what my vision was about you hijacked my religion used it for your own benefit uh you took something personal from me you tainted it because to not see a vision for you well that would be uh, then she turns it around like i'm glad you saw that vision because she's being real passive aggressive in this moment like i'm really glad you had that vision because my my lord someone who didn't have a vision i would not wish that intimate emptiness on anyone basically saying you can call me soulless all you want you can think we sit from the same cloth all you thinking but basically bitch i had a revelation of enlightenment of the spirit that you are jealous of because you didn't get it and i wouldn't wish to be so dead inside on anyone else because that's a lonely ass place and that's where you seem to be and that's where everyone gets the pity yeah of course i pity you for that it's even more poignant when you see him alone shivering in the womb (laughs) how it really went down almost rejected in a way hence all those insecurities of being unnatural why didn't i get a vision did i not get a vision because the mother didn't come to me because i am exactly as foretold not natural and then what does it mean that the closest person to me is considered (laughs) more than or has had that experience that i never will uh but empathy never mistake it or mistake your pity for justification it's still not okay what he did i'm glad we left the episode with him not smug and deeply troubled by those words because he knows now that he will never ever be that individualized person he so craves because it's not within his programming and someone who's programming and that can experience that it definitely i can see how this would be the resentful phase and i think it's it it turned up to 10 through the current events unfolding so that is our episode and we actually have some feedback so let's hop into the mailbag p locklear says hey there just heard about your podcast while listening to the tv podcast industry's review of why the last man oh yay (laughs) i was very embarrassed they shouted me out and also uh very humbled i listen to them all the time and felt great to know there's another black girl who is listening too oh yeah i adore them i absolutely like i'm in i'm listening to good omens right now and i yeah their banter is great just letting you know you have a new follower for your podcast welcome (laughs) i was glad to see that you are watching foundation i just binged this week i don't even know where to begin leaving an mp4 feedback lol maybe i should ask my 12 year old 
But here are my thoughts about Foundation Episode 8, The Missing Piece. Oh yeah, you just record a message on your phone, send it to me, and I'll, I'll do the rest. <laughs> so I've been assuming from Jump that Salver is Gail's little zygote. I'm dying to see how she is connected to the artifact or whatever they call that thing back on Terminus. I think it's the vault. Gail clearly has some greater purpose in the show, and I'm tired of waiting <laughs> to see what it is. That is true. Like, come on, guys. Being real teasing with that. Now she's 30-something years old into the future, and after beefing with Harry's consciousness, now she's on her way somewhere else charted to land many years from now. So I'm starting to get lost as to what her purpose will be. That's fair. Salva already thinks she is the key to something greater, which they are also taking a long time to get to, but I'll wait. What I do want to know is who taught Salver how to fight because Terminus didn't seem to have many fighters on staff. That's true. But I think because they're trying to say her father, Abbas, was a fighter, even though I didn't. <laughs> That's um, giving them a little lead way with that because he was the previous warden. Even so, I still, yeah, yeah. She got some major physical fighting skills that is pretty much empty from everyone else around her so who 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 taught her that we, these are the questions we need to know brother dawn thinking no one has noticed that he is different is hilarious now he's in love and got him some pune or punana punani that's what she said you already know he is about to make some dumb moves i thought brother day made some good strategic moves by going into the spiral because of his conversation with Dusk. I thought he was going to be the one to make smarter moves and make a difference in this game, but really everyone else is playing Connect Four and he's playing chess because I really thought he was going to come out of that Spyro, proving to them that he actually did have a soul, but he fooled me. Smart move on him though, sending Demerzel to kill Halima, deep. But it had to happen, he couldn't let her live, but he is making her a martyr. I'm sure the people are not going to think she just died of natural causes. I loved Halima and how she talked pure shit to Cleon with all due respect. I'm going to pause right there because that's a beautiful uh, paragraph. <laughs> um, sums up a lot of things I was thinking. I, th I think that was the same thing that, hey, I'm going to try to do this differently. I'm not going to over... Or I'm not going to be too strict with the stick. You know, I watched you be too strict with the stick and look what happened. And I think that's where his fallacy falls into play. Where he wants to try to, he thinks he's playing, which he is, as you said, he's playing <laughs> chess while we're all playing Connect Four. Yeah, he fooled everyone. He didn't fool me because I, the more he kept peeping and asking people about their visions, I'm like, nobody's just going to tell you that. Why are you asking? <laughs> you're trying to figure out what you try what you should be looking for but it was I, i'm not gonna knock the strategic move politically it was brilliant there is i think to me where if it had just remained a strategic move then we could about i think there was it was like okay i played my cards you played your cards you came out the winner i'm gonna go back uh the loser humble sure but I, I, you know, I did what I thought was right in the moment that I thought was right. However, uh, you, you outplayed me, as you stated, with all due respect. And that was the thing. Whatever Halima said to him, it was with some respect. I'm not saying you aren't, <laughs> you know, you and your brothers. You're, you and your brothers are not brothers. That's the problem. <laughs> that is the issue, sir. But his indulgence, as I, I spoke about in the podcast, is really where I lost him, where he lost me. I wonder, too, are they going to just think that this was not like he left and, you know, everyone had to see the ship leave, right? <laughs> what, did she sneak a little pod back and come back to the palace? I don't know. I'm not sure, too. There's a moment that Halima says, you may think you don't have a choice, but you do, even when you don't think that you do. 
so i think that this inspired demerzel in a lot of ways i mean their scene was so beautifully acted um, both tania miller and i'm sorry i always forget her name because it's so i'm gonna find them on google it but that those performances were really really that was my favorite scene of the episode uh seeing the emotion and just the the pureness of those two women who whatever the burden in their life they they go through it so gracefully and they're able to you know she's able to see halima as yes you were a threat to the empire but you were one that was a worthy opponent and that's how you're supposed to play the game <laughs> um the one part i didn't agree on is that i think that letting her live she wouldn't have been more of a threat to him she was effectively neutered uh they even said another zephyr can't ever bring this up again that's pretty much it even if you got other people if your church is not you know acknowledging what you're saying then it's just you're you're pretty much a heretic of the religion and i don't think she was taking it th that far she seemed to just be like okay i'm gonna go back to helping my people but yeah i would love it if she becomes a martyr if people put things together if maybe she left a little something something as a last uh you won't have the last say in here maybe there's even something to this rebirth thing we don't know because she said i'll see you in another life <laughs> rationally my brain's like yeah no however <laughs> another side of me is thinking hey there's xos out there uh laura byrne that's who plays demerzel love her i think she's just amazing continuing i don't even know where i met with Farah. like what's the end game you blow up trancer uh you blow trancer up while simultaneously killing yourself this plan sucks and how does this help your people please let there be something i'm missing here how have the thespians and the anacreans not teamed up at this point facts is it really so simple as brown versus white and we ain't teaming up like all these years later y'all could have teamed up against trancer for basically wiping out y'all's planets whatever happened to the enemy of my enemy is my friend i've been saying this all season like what why are you still enemies <laughs> it doesn't even make sense at this point you would just recreate your whole entire new society which y'all breeding together building back up your numbers and then you go after trantor as a fuck you y'all ain't thinking things through <laughs> but that i think that is the point of Farah. she's not she's leading with emotion and she her soul has been poisoned you know and sometimes that happens where trauma happens to you in such a way you never can retrieve back that place there's no future she doesn't see a future but for people who have children like rowan there is a future they see that future in their children so whether uh, even if they have that same amount of anger in their soul they're willing to suppress that for the love of the people around them so that they can have a future but that's not to say you don't ever forget you know revenge you just do better at planning out so yeah Farrah is someone that is not a she's a very much a one note character for me I don't particularly enjoy seeing her you know sneer onto the scene she's doing a good job of making you hate her so that's exactly what you should do of a villain my only issue is i don't want to see her become anything other than the villain and i think by leaning on rowan that's the better smarter choice because that's the part i did not want to see i did not want to see oh i did all these things and terrible stuff and you know well i had a, a, a terrible thing happen to me and now i can be reasonable that doesn't make sense to me she has to die she concludes who knows but i'm definitely looking forward to the next episode in your review i've thoroughly enjoyed deuces parthenia that is a very pretty name why thank you uh i'm glad you're enjoying the review i can't wait for next episode too i, I would say the second like the middle half but this uh this back half is definitely i'm liking the trajectory we're going so far and uh i can't even possibly guess where we're going next but this no fill it is also 
is very quickly brought up this episode and dismissed but i have a feeling they're gonna need salver harden and what does it mean that it's expanding what was this put here for the fact that we brought up exo galaxies i don't know what the hell is in this vault these some aliens i don't know extraterrestrial beings <laughs> i think not gail because she's somewhere else or going somewhere else not him because he's on this this ship the allies no they haven't set up the second foundation yet what the hell is in the vault if you know blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe and until next time Peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.